152 yards. Should be just a nice, comfortable nine iron for him. They're going to go nuts when he hits this thing. All right, Kev, we're back. Second major of the year. I have a smile from ear to ear on my face because I, I know we were just talking a second ago. I like so many golfers this week. The The betting options are plentiful. I love major weeks with the full fields. You put together just some of the biggest cards of the year. So I'm amped for that. And we will get to that. We got a lot to get to. But I've been waiting all day waiting all day you texted me earlier and said i have an unannounced question and since that point i've been dying dying to hear it so what's going on and then of course let's get into it what's what's the uh what's the big the big ask yeah good to be back uh, excited it's second major of the year so uh yeah always a little bit more buzz around these weeks obviously uh nothing quite like the masters the first you know major of the year to kick us off but um it, it's good to be back with another major obviously super strong field uh but it just feels like everyone's a little bit more excited sort of on their game uh ready to go so i'm, I'm definitely excited as well okay yeah so the question i wanted to ask you i was i heard this um brought up uh listening to some guys that i listened to earlier today and the question was who gets the career slam first or actually it wasn't quite exactly phrased like that but they they were discussing it and i kind of formulated my own question based off what they were discussing but who gets the career slam first rory mcelroy or john rom and Rom Which is interesting. So obviously, and yeah. So Rom, so Rom has the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. He's got the Masters, obviously. So he needs yep. the Open Championship and he needs the PGA Championship. Yep. And then Rory just needs the Masters. Oh so man! If you had, I would ask you this way: If you had to put like betting odds on it, who would you list as the favorite? So I think the favorite would be Rory. Um, okay. And here's my rationale for that. Integrating, I guess, into my answer is that it's one major versus two. So obviously just the, the math is there. But he also is like the pre-tournament favorite at pretty much every tournament he's in, you know, say for this week or at least in the top five. So just by logic's sake, if he's theoretically one of the top five golfers at that tournament, let's say he probably has it's like 34. So he has you know, not that golf, you like run out of, you know, run out of physicality, but five good seasons left, four good seasons left. So four chances at that versus Rom's longevity. I think he'd be the favorite, but I think my personal opinion is that Rom is more likely to get those two than Rory is to get his one because of the age, because like he's just entering his prime. I like his mentality way more. Like, I know we'll get into this, but I've kind of felt like Rory looks like a broken man this week a little bit. Like some of the things he was saying about his swing, sort of his downtrodden press conference today, his obvious, like the game just sort of falling apart. So the arrow is pointed for me sky high for Rom for very obvious reasons. But even more importantly, I think like my confidence in Rory is just not high at all. Yeah, it's a tough How call. It's a tough call. Yeah. Um, uh, the way that it was being presented in the guys that I was listening to was that Rom might just win the slam this year and not right. even give away the chance, not even give him a chance to I see do. the Masters again. Which I mean, 
I mean, like, would I, I wouldn't be totally shocked if that happened. It would be like, you know, incredible feat, obviously. But yeah, I don't know. It's just interesting. It's a, I think um, oftentimes in the day and age that we live in, not to sound old, but we often are very much prisoners of the moment. And you can define yeah. moment how you want to define it. But this current golf season, John Rahm is the guy. And, and it's 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 easy to sort of be down on Rory, I think, now in this um, time. And I myself have been down on him and will continue to be until he shows me something different. It's no disrespect against him. And I respect his game and, and how talented he is, obviously. But, you know, we've we've reached a series of like four or five courses now that he should be top 10 in his sleep. And he, he just isn't, right? Like the players, the masters, the yeah, uh, Wells Fargo, he's just, he's just not doing it. So it's uh it's tough to to see right now but uh but yeah no i just thought it was an interesting discussion point i don't know we'll see uh we'll see how sort of the, it'll be interesting end to the to this season because i think rory needs obviously to 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 pick it up here pretty soon otherwise you know you'd have to say it'd be a pretty disappointing season for him for sure and it certainly has been to this point so right coming out of the season with no wins would be a disappointment like especially with these expectations i just like for me, it, like with Rom, and, and I know what you're saying about like, you know, one good season doesn't a career make, but it's been a few seasons for Rom. And I feel like he still has like ways to improve his game still. I just don't, I don't, you know, what we've been sort of waiting for Rory to fix for the last many years, like sort of the the clutch putting and then just the the big event mentality, like like when is that going to happen if it hasn't happened already? And it's just not getting like the rest of his game is not getting any more solid. And, you know, he could go out and win this week and that would be shocking, but he's also Rory McElroy. So wouldn't, shouldn't be shocking, but yeah, man, I, I just, the, uh, the, the questions about Rory are like to, to me, like one of the most compelling storylines of the week and just this whole season in general, it's just been, it's been so weird this whole year, like from press to play, on course, off course, like it's just been, it's been very weird for a guy who's not usually the one in the headlines. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I almost, I almost feel for the guy because it seems like it, it, like you said, it really is. It's very much weird, but it feels like it's also taking a toll on him. I think he just like, I don't know, it's, it seems to be affecting him. And then you, you hit on, like, you know, his comments in the interviews just don't don't quite sound like he's quite all there in terms of like where his headspace needs to be and where his game needs to be, but, but we'll get into it. Um, the PGA, but I have, I have some other stuff I got to touch on before we get into the major stuff. Oh, uh, uh, let me hear big, it. Uh, there's some big, big things we got to discuss. And I guess the theme of, of what I was going to get into was uh, like, so this weekend I had just the moneyest like couple days uh, in a row. And that's because like, I feel like there are some happinesses in life that don't quite get to like having a kid or doing like major, like graduating college, getting a, your first job, like those major life things. But just like sometimes the simplest life pleasures just make me personally just the happiest. And I was thinking of like what that looks like to me and what I enjoy doing. And you hit me, you got a video from my wife of me mowing the lawn that <laughs> followed playing incredible golf. And it was just like, I've been side note, I've been on a golf fucking heater, like the last like three or four rounds. And I'd say like playing good golf and mowing the lawn or like two of my top, like just the simple things in life that just bring a smile to this face. And that got me thinking like, 
what are some of the others? So I know I gave you, I gave you a little bit of prep for that. Did you think of any of just like the simple pleasures in life? Because I would say like on that list for me, like major championship golf, like when that's on during a weekend, I am just in a better mood. I got something to do. Like I got the buzz all week. Like it's just, yeah, it just, it uplifts me along with mowing the lawn, like I said, and in playing good golf shots. So it's, it's like, yeah. Yes. Okay. So I have a lot of things to touch on. All right. So number one, I love to hear that you're on a golf heater. Number one, going in, we added, Ed and I have a big match coming up on Sunday that we, yes. we, we need to play well. So I love, I love to hear that. Number one, number two. Yes. Your wife sent me the golf, uh, excuse me, the, the lawn mowing video, little backstory to that. So she, we're, we're playing this sort of, uh, you know, like getaway in Cape Cod in a few weeks, whatever it happens to be. So she, uh, text me about that but then she's also texting me you know we've touched on the the dual podcast situation that ed has in his household where they're figuring out the recording night so katie texted me to figure out which night we were going to be recording so again i I let her know like this was last this was yesterday so i was like okay we're gonna be recording tuesday whatever it is you know like she's like okay good then we can go tonight I was like, oh, you didn't, you didn't want to ask Ed? And she was like, no, he's mowing right now. She's like, and I don't interrupt him during his happy time mowing the lawn. And I was like, how's the truth? I was like, how's he like, how's he doing mowing? Like, how's his form? And she was like, well, see for yourself. So she takes the video. So I, so this video that I saw of Ed, like it starts off. And and so I've been to your house. Like, I, I know the setup. Like, well, how would you describe that room in the back? Like he has, you have a nice, like sort of. A sunroom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A sunroom that looks out into the backyard with like big windows. You can see the whole backyard. So Ed is cutting the lawn. He's on the far side. So she starts recording. I can see him like making the full perimeter around. Yeah. So in my head, I'm like, okay, he's he's going to be coming by the sunroom right now as she's recording. He's going to see her like recording and get annoyed that she's like recording or whatever it is. And he like he literally he, he passes by the window. He is no more than a foot away. There is just like a like a like a piece of glass separating him and his wife. And he does not even <laughs> see her, acknowledge her. He just blows by and continues to mow along, like clearly just very happy up in his yes. own headspace. Yes. <laughs> That's right. No, there's tunnel vision right there. It is truly one of my favorite things in the world to do. You pop in the headphones, you get a podcast going, and then there's just something like super cathartic about watching the grass get smaller and watching that circle get smaller and smaller and smaller. Oh man, it's great. And like you said, so like the- I didn't know she was doing that, obviously. But like you said, I'm I am straight forward like 12 o'clock with the eyes and that's it so her her exact comment was i already have interrupted him two times and there will not be a third <laughs> she said <Great. laughs> so i was like yeah please don't please don't no that's uh, true okay that's good so yeah so i did come up with a with one or two of my own sort of <laughs> simple pleasures in life for me um i i really love i think I, as most people do i really love drinking coffee very mm-hmm. big for me so um being you know, teaching, I have to get up very early in the morning, got to be at work by 7.30. So, so coffee is big. So I have a little backstory also that goes along with this one. So growing up, like, uh, well, not, not growing up, but like in college and after college, I always had like a Keurig, like a single serve, like, um, coffee maker, which, which was fine. Just like a, a cup at a time, whatever it is. But sometimes, uh, in the teaching world, they have these like, um, 
sort of like get togethers for us where they like uh, the PTO will like buy us gifts and like raffle them off. So yeah. we had this back in the fall where like all the teachers were gathering together at like a local bar uh, in the town where my school is. And the gift that they were raffling off was like a, a ninja coffee maker. And this thing is like top of the line. Like it does it all. It does ice. It does hot. It does it, every, everything you could possibly want. I've never had anything like that. But as soon as I set my eyes on it, I knew I, I had it. I wanted it bad. So I get in there, I get to the bar that, and you know, the, the way that the tickets are being handed out, they're handing them out to people who are like kind of just walking in at the, at the start. So I got a ticket right away. But then however it panned out, like I went to the bar to get a drink and then I came back. And when I get back to the area where they're handing out the tickets, they thought that I was just coming in again for the first time. So oh, you know how you're yes. like sometimes presented with like a moral situation where like you got to act on the spot yeah. and like you're about to find out like what kind of person you are. Like you got to make a split second decision. There's no yeah. second. There's no time to like contemplate. So she says to me, oh, I don't think you got a raffle ticket yet. And of course I already did. But yeah. I said, in my head, I'm like, I really want that coffee maker i'm like oh no i did not and i yep. take a second round you know in my mind i'm like okay there's a lot of people here like i'm probably still not going to win like this isn't going to be like a you know this decision is, isn't going to alter the the outcome of the you know the raffle so of course i win the raffle and i had told like a couple of my close friends like yeah you know like i got two tickets and so my, like when they called my number and I started walking up, all my friends are like Booms. booing me. Yeah. yeah, absolutely booing me going up. And I'm just going to accept this 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 coffee maker, which honestly has like changed the way that I feel about coffee because this thing I mentioned it has the hot and ice, but also the, the my favorite feature about it is it has the timer. So I can set like the night before the coffee so that when I wake up, it is like ready to go at the time when I'm ready for, for school. So uh, for me, that is my greatest simple pleasure is like that first sip of coffee in the morning uh, before I have to go to work. So that's what really does it for me. <laughs> nice. I love it. I love it. I feel like that's a good one for like most people too. That's an awesome, awesome thing. And uh, yeah, the story, dude, I like, uh, I think I like that decision in like a minor circumstance, but I know exactly what you're saying where it's like, oh my God, this like is a textbook. Like, do you do it? Nobody's watching like true tests. And it's good to see the the coffee smell Trump morality for a little bit because it is important. Um. All right. My, my other simple pleasure, I like, I call it like the couch flop. And what I mean by that is like set for me, eight, call it like eight 20 at night. And that's when the baby's gone to bed and every task in my day has been completed. Like the, the way I just can throw myself back into the couch and it's just dead weight. I call it the, the couch flop, that couch flop moment is like the biggest thing in the world. Like everything's clean. All my, all my stuff is done. The baby's asleep. And now it is just, it's time to just finally relax. And it is like a full Matt Ishbia, like flop back into his chair, like into the couch. And it's gotta be done in that traumatic fashion or it doesn't quite have the same like mental power, but it's just, yeah, the, the, the mental physical release fall into the couch is one of them. It's got to be the full flop. Yes. Commit hundred percent committed to it. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, um, as I was thinking of mine, I had one sort of similar to that. I, I feel pretty much the same way as that. Yeah. Like, uh, so for me, it de kind of depends on what time that happens, depending on the night, like some nights I get out of school a little bit earlier, some nights a little bit later, but, uh, but yeah, I always feel sort of good to settle down for the night and just 
commit to whatever's on TV and and just kind of let the brain relax a little bit. Uh, you mentioned when we were texting earlier, the post golf shower is a, a positive yeah. one, especially depending on the conditions. So like we played around a few weeks ago at Ritter, uh, which was in extremely wet if I recall. So like when the socks are like fully soaked and the, you know, that, and you're walking like 18 full holes that you just want to get those off and, and, and hop in the shower for me also that that's a big one, but also, um, so we've been playing, I picked, uh, some of my friends from school and just some other people who I've met, uh, they have some nice sand volleyball courts at uh, assembly row that just put in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're playing in like a Tuesday night league there, which I played tonight. Uh, but for me, I, I really hate sand. I, I like I don't mind being Shower. at the beach or like playing beach volleyball, but that feeling of like sand and, and salt, especially like on your skin after you leave the beach, uh, I really want to get that off as fast as possible. So the post like beach or beach volleyball uh, shower is a big one for me as well. Yep, I'm, I literally had it on on the list, the after beach, preferably outdoor in quotations mark shower, just like you said, like sunscreen, sand, salt, like coming off your body. It's like, so it's exfoliating. Um, and then my last one was when my dog voluntarily walks over to me to hang out. That's That's another like just great pleasure in life. Like that's a good, it's a good bonding moment for me me and my girl, like she, it just, it's, I don't know how you don't feel happier when your dog seeks you out. It's, it's equally as pleasurable to sort of set it up yourself, but yeah, when it's, when it's like just free will, it's even better. So that was, that was another big one. I agree with that one for sure. My dog is always, um, there is never a time where she does not want attention from humans. So I, I'm almost like, I, I of course always appreciate it, but there's sometimes like she, once you start petting her, you are not allowed to stop until the end, the end of time, basically. So, uh, but another, I had another dog related one. So I, and I felt this way kind of like since I was in college, sort of like progressing from having roommates to, to living on my own. But, you know, when you have roommates or you're living with someone else, there's a lot of back and forth about like the cleanliness of the house, right? Like, so if there's dirty dishes in the sink, it's like, oh, well, I didn't, I didn't make those dishes, right? Like, so why should I clean them? There's always like, whose responsibility is it? But when you live by yourself, like, it's just on you, man. Like, if you're, <laughs> if your apartment's dirty, like, there's nobody else to, to blame it on. So I, the type of dog I have, she's like a, a mixed husky, but uh, she sheds a lot. And like her hair, it like clumps up and, and like rolls across the apartment sometimes in the way that like a tumbleweed like rolls across the wild west. Mm-hmm. And so I really, it's like a, con- it's like a contest of like, I vacuum every single day and like, can I get rid of all the hair that's in the apartment? And the answer is always no. But like, as soon as I see like that little bit of hair, like rolling by, I, I take it as like a slight against myself where like, it's a constant. So when the apartment is like in a in like a state of, of, of clean that I'm like happy with. That's also very satisfying for me. I like that. And by the way, when you have a a real kid that just, you can just put the word toy where you said dog hair and it's like the exact (laughs) same thing. It's just like on its own, there's always one, it's always a losing battle because like the moment you, you can't stop a dog from shedding just the same way you can't stop a toddler from playing with toys. Like as soon as you clean it up, it just gets replaced. You, you, you will just battle. It's like quicksand, but there are like seconds during the day where it's clean. And I know what you're talking about. It's just like, yes, I've done it. I've done it. And then you fight again. So yeah, it never, never really ends. Um, 
All right, that was fun. I'm in even a better mood to start talking about the golf. But I want to I want to get into the PGA so bad. But just like introing into the PGA, I have nothing to say about the Byron Nelson. Uh, it was a a sweat to get uh, some guys through the cut. Um, Tom Kim, A.H. Lee, both needed uh, very low uh, Thursdays to get in. Um, I don't know if you caught any of the live this week. So uh, I, I didn't, I, I did not watch, but I was following like people's commentary of it. I know there was a playoff. I know DJ yes. won. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I'll like, it's not about the golf, like the golf. I'll sort of, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be touching on a lot of live guys. So I know how they played, but going into a three person playoff for that tournament, Cam Smith, DJ and Brandon Grace, CW cut away into just regular programming from the tournament yeah. on TV. So I saw that as well. Yeah. So I saw people outraged about that on Twitter. And that's why I, uh, I actually texted you on Sunday. Like, is the live still going? Like, is there a way to, to watch it? Yeah. Because, um, because yeah, there, there were, the TV coverage just went out, but um, I feel like that, that used to happen a lot, probably with, with like less popular sports, I guess. Like it would never happen, obviously like, in the NFL or with the NBA or anything like that. But, um, you know, back in the day, I feel like it probably happened a lot with like hockey or like baseball games. They would cut to like um, 60 minutes or something without yeah. showing the end of the game. But, but, yeah. so I, <laughs> but I in saw, the modern, like in the modern day of sports, this should just be like unhurt. Like you just got to find a way. To, <laughs> I was like, I thought, literally thought my TV was broken. I was able to switch over to the app and watch, but I, I was watching on just the CW network. And I was like, what are we going to right now? Oh, we're, we're just done. I thought, first of all, I thought the tournament like might be over because the team thing had been decided. I was like, wait a second, are they just going to stop? But then I realized the tournament we went to, they play it out for the individual winners. So I was like, all right, that's not it. But then, yeah, I guess CW makes more money from whatever like cartoons coming on next than, than live golf right now, which is not a great indictment. And then my final re PGA moment is did you see the Scotty Scheffler Tiger Woods exchange about taking divots? Yeah, I did. I did. Yes. Uh, yeah. Great. I mean, that, that video blew up, um, which is great. Like I, I, I feel like that's something that nobody knew about tiger until that point. And like his reaction, or I had never heard about tiger until that point, at least. And, and, and Scotty's reaction just from like hearing that was like my, my reaction also from hearing him say that it was just like, wait, don't, I thought just every golfer. <laughs> I thought you're supposed to take divots. Like, why? Well, I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. What, what were your thoughts? I've, I've never seen a brain more broken than Scotty Scheffler's <laughs> after Tiger told him that. And if you haven't seen this video, like, there's a moment. There's like a three second just silence where Scotty's just staring at Tiger. I think it's like the second time he re-emphasizes that when I'm hitting it good, I just don't take divots, and it's just like, uh what like you just see that, he's like is that just, is that just when you practice or he's yeah, like no he's like, just all of them yeah <laughs> it was great so I'd, I'd implore everybody to watch that because tiger you know even when he's not on the course still moves the needle more than everybody um and he'll come up here in a second let's uh let's get into it let's get into it it's time to get get to the pga you mentioned it earlier oak hill country club par 70 7,400 yards, uh, originally a Donald Ross track in the 20s, just got a complete remodel to sort of, I guess, re-emphasize the Donald Ross qualities in a course in 2020. This will be the first event played here since that, that sort of big, you know, complete overhaul. Um, but everything I've read is, and, and tell me if you agree here, 
I'm looking more forward to like U.S. Open type scoring and play and difficulty than a typical PGA course. Like everything I've read is just this place is going to be extremely difficult. Uh, we all know it's the like the I don't know what the ratio is, but when you combine fairway landing area and green landing area, it is the the smallest amount of that combined space that is on tour. Um, and there are no no quote unquote easy holes as they score them. No holes that play like significantly under par. Um, even the par fives are 600 plus yards. Most of the par fours are close to 500 yards, 440 or above. Um, the par threes, I know Matt Fitzpatrick was tweeting something like, uh, you know, 260 uphill into the wind, like full three wood. And you're hitting full three wood on, th- on you know, par threes. So I think it's going to be a grind. Um, but I'm super excited to see this place and see the test. And yeah, man, you seeing the same thing about Oak Hill, New York? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, first of all, it's crazy to have 7,400 yards only and only a par 70 uh, just speaks to the mm. length of, of a lot of the holes. But um, yeah, so uh, the last time they played a PGA championship here was in 2013, won by Jason Duffner. Um, as you mentioned, significant redesign since that point. Uh, they took out uh, I, I forget the number, but they took out a lot of trees that were on the property um, between then and now, but, but there's still uh, quite a few left. It was just, I think the course is going to play a lot differently than it did uh, sort of back then, just with, with the amount of trees that um, were on the course back then, I think it lended itself a little bit more I think the final Jason Dufter was the winner. And then um, Jim Furyk, I believe was runner up. So not bombers by any stretch of the imagination. I think it uh, with the amount of trees, you know, back in 2013, it, it lended itself a little bit more to sort of your like strategic play off the tee. And, and by the way, Jason Duffner, like back in the day was like the absolute amazing approach player. I remember watching him a lot on TV and even in person a little bit, but that guy would stick it to like three feet more than anyone. I think I've ever seen like in his prime. Um, so he, he was sort of like reaching his, uh, his prime at that during that 2013 win. Uh, but yeah, very, um, penalizing bunker fairway bunkers and bunkers around the green and the, and the rough is going to be super high. The fairway, um, fairways are super narrow as Ed mentioned. And, um, it's going to be interesting because we've heard a lot of comparisons of the course to like how Wingfoot play when Bryson won and things like that. I don't think it's going to be necessarily like as bomb and gouge as that, where like you can just bomb it out there and, and, and that's going to be the style that wins. Um, although I think it's a lot of like what people's mentality sort of is. Um, I think it, it's, you're still going to see an opportunity for people who are not as long driving distance off the tee to, to find success here. Um, I, I think length will help certainly, but I think, as you mentioned, the rough and the bunkers are going to be penalizing enough where it's not only going to be driving distance that sort of, uh, puts, puts people above and beyond, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I'm totally with you. I mean, you said it like length does help regardless of, of course, like if you can play it farther, you're closer to the hole, but there is a pretty big difference between Bryson who, um, at least from what people were saying today, because that was a question, like it does sort of set up like wing foot. Can you just plow it through? And I don't know if it's just the the shape of the fairways or the amount of trees that, that are different. But yeah, everybody sort of agreed. It's just going to be way tougher to just, just hit everything in the rough and be successful. 
Um, the greens are also ultra small. So when you're playing out of the rough and not able to spin the ball, you get into some tricky situations. You mentioned it like a ton of bunkers around the green. I know that's one of the stats that I was sort of seeing as correlating to like some success on this course is like sand saves and sand save percentage. Um, I know short game comes into play, but this, I mean, this won't be like super heavy hitting analysis here, but you're really going to need like a complete player this week. Like I just think any, any flaw um, the, the course takes advantage of in some way, whether it's driving accuracy because the fairways are narrow or whether it's approach play because the greens are small or, you know, because everybody's missing greens, it's also the short game too. So you got to be strong in all three, which is why I sort of, you know, when I'm, when I'm looking at the field and who to play and who I think is going to have success, like I want to see some correlation to like a U.S. Open and whether you can play a style where the winning score may be like, I don't know, six under, eight under, like maybe single digits. Um you know, obviously a cut line in that, in that instance, that would be way over par. Um, so I want, you know, I want some guys that are good at scrambling and in the field this week, in my opinion, like with all the live guys back with the full field, like I'm super interested in a lot of guys. I mentioned it earlier. I'll be betting on a lot. I'll get into sort of the official plays later. I have so much intrigue um, from the live guys in general. And I know something that I was looking at was, uh, is there like a live versus PGA like odds? Because I wanted a piece of that. Like all the guys that I'm sort of leaning toward this week are playing live. And I don't, I don't know how to rectify that. It just sort of is what it is. Like I like Brooks. I like DJ. I like Cam Smith. I like Patrick Reed. I like Taylor Gooch. Like all these guys play good on tough courses and they all happen to be playing like for the same sort of outlaw tour and I would, you know, I think a scenario is in play where you're getting a significant amount of live guys like in the top 10, in the top 20. Um, yeah, I, I just I'm intrigued by that storyline always. But then even the PGA guys have some storylines, too. It's it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, the live piece is interesting because I think heading into the Masters, obviously, there was a lot of question marks of uh, people were just like, I think, very overall, very hesitant on a lot of them, you know, you you knew that they were still strong players, but you we were questioning the legitimacy of like the live tournaments that they were playing, and and were they truly like a, a true test and prepping them for these like major championship type courses and situations and and atmospheres and things like that. And I, and I think the Masters answered those questions in that many of the live guys did finish very well, of course, including Brooks Kepka and and many others that finished towards the top of the leaderboard in that. Um, you know, it, it's interesting now because the the PGA and this like Northeast sort of setup, New York, you know, Rochester, New York, uh, high winds, high, as you mentioned, firm and fast. Like this is going to be these courses that these live guys are playing are, are just not on yeah. the same level. Yep. But it, it, it's difficult to quantify that. Like, like they're playing, they're still playing competitive golf and like, there's still top talents in the world that it just makes it really difficult to know how they're going to sort of show up on these courses. But I think that if they were able to do it at Augusta national and, and come on the biggest stage and, and still perform, I don't see any reason why you would think they wouldn't be able to do it again, sort of here. If you like the way that their game is trending, even if it's not against the best competition on the toughest courses, like that, that's just what we got at this point. So I think, um, you know, until until they sort of prove otherwise, I think I think you gotta sort of respect their game and 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 ride with them a little bit. It'll be interesting with the live players not getting official world golf ranking points 
as they start to dwindle in numbers as the majors go on, it'll be interesting to see sort of how that goes and um and 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 sort of what happens from there. But 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 for now, I think they're they're still very much viable and and good options to play. Yeah. And I'm looking at them. And like I was saying, like all of them sort of suit this place in these type of tournaments in different ways. Like I know Brooks Kepka like doesn't play a lot of, uh, how, do, how do we say this in, in layman's terms, like a lot of action off the tee, like a very straight driver of the ball when he's driving it well. Like, and that obviously helps in these circumstances. His iron players obviously always been stellar. Um, DJ uh, been faltering with the putter. Um, but I know like he's one of the best players out of long rough, you know, according to the stats and is just, you know, coming off a win and Cam Smith, when I think of guys that are going to have to make some, some tricky saves with the short game and make big putts, like, you know, if he can just keep his driver sort of just under control a little bit, like he's always a favorite just because of that stellar aspect of his game. So I, you know, I was looking for like a live versus the big guns bet. Like I know I'll get into like there, there is a quote unquote big guns bet versus the field that I'm interested in. I would love, how would you handicap if I gave you the quote unquote big guns according to DraftKings? It's Rom, Scheffler, McElroy, Cantley. So the top four in the odds. And you gave me DJ, Cam Smith, uh, Patrick Reed, Taylor Gooch, the top four. Sorry, B- DJ Brooks. Cam Smith, Taylor Gooch, top four. Like I'd sort yes. of be interested. I, I I know the PGA guys would obviously be favored a little bit, but I would yeah. sort of want a piece of that action. Yeah, on, on a four on four like that. Interesting. Yeah. No, I I would um, I would put the PGA guys as, as sort of a pretty heavy favorite. I would probably like minus uh, two hundred, three hundred. I think because um, I don't I don't know why I say that. I just I feel like. I, I like Brooks. Like it's not, you know, we just What's see, that? do we see different, different things this week? We can I think, do I don't know. Yeah. I, I think that for me, Brooks, um, Brooks sets up well at this course. I think of course, like his long, his, his, the way he played the masters and, and all that sort of stuff is encouraging. I think, I think his game is at a higher level than it has been for the past six months or a year, you know, starting with the masters, but um I think the pendulum for him swung a little bit uh sort of too far in that direction with his ma- with his master's performance if that makes sense. So yeah. like obviously he he did super well, people are super high on him. Um I think that regresses a little bit to the mean this week in my opinion. So I think uh if you were to give me it's tough to say if you were to give me those four guys against the four that you mentioned from the PGA, I, I think that the four from the PGA would, would finish higher than those, than those four. Um, I don't know. What, yeah. what, so what are your thoughts? Who, who's your top live guy in terms of the one you're most confident in? Yeah. So, I mean, like I, like candidly, I'll sort of ask you, like, you're just your outright winner, regardless of odds. Yeah. Yeah. I was between Dustin Johnson and Cam Smith over yep. and over i have them both written down i was just going to choose one when it came to i'm to answer that question but it's just trying to give you sort of a mindset there they just to me like i know they've been playing weaker competition at weaker courses but like they are who they are and they have the skill set that they have and that skill set and both of them sort of being like big time major players like it fits here it just does um and i you know i sort of i think if i had to choose 
I go Cam Smith just because of like the short game. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, t- I'll just hope everybody misses the fairway. And from there, I sort of like his chances against everybody else um, yeah. and especially around the green. So he like, regardless of odds, is my actual pick to win the tournament. But yeah, man, DJ, I, I read some stat today that his ball striking at the Masters was actually like top five in the field, but his putting was just so poor that it brought him out. And I think he still finished top 20 there. Um, so, you know, I, I know he's putting way better in Tulsa. Not that that, you know, has any bearing here, but he's got like anything resembling a hot week. Like he still is like from, from T to green Dustin Johnson, even though he, you know, you just don't see him as much. It's hard for me to get that out of my head. Like if they, if these guys were playing PGA tour events, you know, these guys still are who they are. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I think uh, I think you, we could say the same thing about Scheffler as well, right? For like sure. His T his to green game has been still outstanding as, as it has, ever has been. It's just obviously like the woes of the putter have been sort of – So weird. Know, From like five feet. Yeah, yeah. Very discouraging. So, uh, you know, but it, like, yeah. Him, so if you – okay, so if you were to take like, say, Rom and Scheffler and put them up against Cam and DJ – you get you would give the edge to Cam and DJ. You think? Uh that's tough to say. That's tough to say that. Yeah, um, I, no, so, I think it's a fair. I think it's a fair question. Yeah. I, I don't think that. I don't think it's that far off. I really don't. I think I mean, that most people would want to say because yeah. we see Rom and Scheffler more often that they're the better too. Yeah. But I see. I would definitely set the odds at Liv being an underdog there. I will yeah. say I don't really like Rom's chances this week. I just don't, I don't like the fit for his fade off the tee and just like the driving in general, um, especially at his price. But like one of the questions that I had written down is like, am I overthinking Scotty Scheffler? Like everything sort of fits. And if you're talking about somebody who's short game, like keeps him in tournaments, like that does despite his horrific putting. And, you know, he's still top fiving easy with, you know, a, a yips inside four feet and like, how long can that last? So if that even just like saves him a couple strokes, like is, you know, this, this fits, am I overthinking it trying to stretch somebody else because the odds are more fun and it'd be a more fun storyline. Like, I don't want to see, I don't want to see just Scotty just saunter down 18 with a three shot lead, you know, for the fifth time. Now I would love dream scenario would be a live, any kind of live PGA playoff would be yeah. just absolute gold. So I, I'm hoping for that. However, it pans out. We'll see. All right. Do you have, before we get into like picks with odds and some of the actual bets that you like, do you have an outright winner? Like if I just gave you anybody at even odds, who do you like to win? Uh, yeah, I, for me, it would be Xander. Uh, just yeah. he, he's my number one overall uh, favorite player this week. He, he you mentioned you, you've said the phrase earlier, complete test. Mm-hmm. Um, and this course is going to be that like it, it's playing incredibly difficult. Xander is not the best at any one skill, uh, but he is above average or great at every single skill. Um, so I think that he. On this course, you mentioned uh, the winning score. I think is going to be somewhere between six under and twelve under for the for the whole week. Um, so on a course where you cannot make bogey and you just need to make just grind out pars, like nobody's better than that at him than than he is. So um, he he's probably my number one player this week. So that that would be my pick. Yeah, how about you? I like that. Yeah, I'm I got Cam Smith regardless of odds, but he's also part of my plays, and I got. So I got, I got so many, dude. I got so many. I got five five outrights. 
uh, headlined by DJ and Cam Smith, and that's at yeah. 30, 35 to one. There's, Taking both of them, it's just we discussed it. We discussed it earlier, but those those numbers are are absolutely disrespectful. Cam Smith on, at thirty five. Yeah, he was in that playoff last week. Like he was good at the Masters. Like I just, I'm, I. It's insane to me to see him that far down the board. It's yeah. insane. Um. Yeah, I got those two, and then we touched on we touched on it earlier. I'll have some enormous bets, and they're going to be with these two people who I also have just to win outright but not as like the bet your mortgage bets of a major here, but it's Ricky Fowler and it's Tommy Fleetwood. And I just think both Ricky, I know like that the story's fun, like him getting back in the top 50 rounding into form, but his statistics this year are like ultra elite in like pretty much every single category, except driving the golf ball. So again, like if everybody's going to be missing fairways, like I want him who's in, you know, arguably the best form sort of flying under the radar of anybody on four. Um, it's hard for me to also say that, like, I know the stats tell you that I don't think he's really contended to win yet, which is why he's down at 55 to one. But I just, like I said, like his game is, is in incredible shape right now. Um, you know, again, a guy who's good around the greens, great at approach play. So I just like him down there. And then Tommy Fleetwood, again, just like a, a good wind player. If that comes into play, just fired a 61 at a different course in um in New York earlier this week. I like that. I like how he's played for the last few weeks. Um, and again, 65 to one, like way too high for him, in my opinion, especially considering some of the names above him. Um, and then finally, I got one like bomb play to win. And I just again like the odds, and it's Keith Mitchell. Um, and a guy who's very accurate off the tee, um, is not great scrambling, but has been great sort of recently with the short game um you know his approach play isn't as great as i would like but very accurate off the tee has been very streaky hot with his short game recently and again just sort of looking at some of the names that are above him like 200 to 1 is a good bargain for that so i know that's a lot none of them are to lock and again like you know it's tough to bet against scotty scheffler but i just find i don't find it super fun to be in the in the teens and whatnot with the odds so yeah those are mine no, I like that. So uh, one, a couple things to touch on. We touched on Rory earlier. So if you're looking to play Rory at a major, I mean, I'm seeing him on DraftKings. He's 14 to one right now. And I've seen him as high as 18 to one, like at some, on some other sites. Like if there was a time when you wanted to play him at like a major championship, despite the, well, everything we've talked about, like this is probably the best number you're going to get. Uh, I mean, unless he misses the cut again, maybe we'll see if it could go worse, but, um, but yeah. So, I mean, Again, everything sets up for him, but we've been saying that for a month or two, so so we'll see how that plays out. Um, okay, what else? A little bit further down, um, some other guys. I'm like, yeah, you touched on Ricky Fowler. So the thing, the, so the Jason Day win last week, obviously, like a few weeks ago, like everything was trending and pointing to to sort of him getting that win, and then he he touched on like a little bit of bad form there, sort of like at. Wells Fargo, where he's played super well in the past, everything sort of seemed to set up for him. He, he did not finish well there. And then I think last week at the Byron Nelson, he was like 
like low, like high teens to to win, like not 18, 19 to one. So no one was really touching that, but it seemed evident based on like, you know, his skill set and his finishes and his performance, like throughout the early the year that a win was coming and, and, and it came. And I think Ricky Fowler is like next on that list. Like there is a win coming for him at some point. I, I don't know when it's going to happen, but yeah, I think, I think 55 is, is a fair and good number. And I think um, that, that, that he's just found his game and feels like he's, he's in a really good spot in his career and feels like he's in a good spot uh, sort of mentally, but um, a little bit further down the board, some couple different guys I'm looking at. Number one is Gary Woodland. Uh, I saw some good, better prices out earlier right now. He's currently a hundred to one on, on DraftKings, but um, doing everything super well, other than putting, obviously like he he's sort of similar to Scheffler in that way, but hits his long iron super well, which is going to be really important at this course. Um, and just sort of like the way his game has been trending as well. He's sort of like in the same vein as, as a Jason day or a Ricky Fowler, like sort of towards the, you know, winding down towards the end of their career, but playing some good golf right now. Uh, Denny McCarthy is another one. Uh, elite Reaper. short game. Yeah. The Reaper, the, the, the survivor Reaper um, elite short game. Uh, I think he got engaged yesterday as well. So strokes gained uh, home life oh. as well. But yeah, so you got got some good things going on. I think um, I think he's a guy who can contend here as well. So uh, he's currently 151 on DraftKings. So I like that also. Any other uh, long shots you're seeing? I don't have many more long shots. I have a bunch more plays. I will say this: I I like Brooks a lot to finish good in this tournament. I don't like his 20 to one price, so I can't bet him this week, but I will be rooting for him in spirit. And in the opposite way, you touched on Rory. I almost feel like when I've, I personally have had most success, like sort of guessing who's going to finish. Well, it's almost sometimes like a a zag that nobody's talking about. Like, not that, not that, I will say it like I had, I was all over Brooks at the masters because I was curious as to why nobody was discussing him as a contender. And I sort of feel like that's happening this week with Rory. Um, I know he got a lesson from tiger at his house, which can't hurt the swing. I don't, I don't like that. He's getting lessons from tiger, you know, a couple of days before a major <laughs> either. So that can go both ways, but I just feel like nobody's even, you know, considering him as a, like, I haven't really heard his name as a contender. I've only heard his name in in a negative light, like we've been using it for, you know, the last, the last however many minutes we've been doing this. And I'm looking at Scotty and Rom at seven to one and seven and a half to one. And I'm so used to seeing just like those three and then Rory at that same number or just below it. So to get it at du- basically double the price. Um, again, I, I do see some good value there. I'm touching Rory at top five at three to one, because I like that better. I'm not going to put my full confidence in him yet to, to actually close one out, but I just sort of like sometimes to just go against the grain. And I feel like Rory for all of the struggles and of them, there are a lot for all of that. Like he still is, you know, ultra elite when he's on his game. So if he puts it together, maybe that's possible. I like, um, Keith Mitchell, I mentioned earlier, top 30 is uh, 275, which I like as well. Um, And then I got two top 10s. One's Ricky Fowler. I'll I'll touch on him. I'll touch on him again. 450 to one for top 10. And then Patrick Reed at three to one, top 10. I like a lot. And, you know, in that profile has been playing great on live, despite like, you know, we touched on it, the not as good courses played great at the Masters. Ultra elite short game, still always um, and great iron player as well, you know, despite him being like an ultra villain. But three to one, top 10, 
Um, I sort of like like never contending, but maybe sneaking into into that place. So I have I like that. Um, I have a couple guys that I want to ask you about. Just super, guys that I'm kind of interested in. I, I I have a lot of question marks on. I'm I'm curious to hear your opinion. So um, one is Jordan Spieth, and the other is Colin Morikawa. So Morikawa is interesting to me very well they're both interesting for different reasons but morikawa is interesting because his price on DraftKings, he's priced above ten thousand, uh which puts him as like fourth i think in the field but in the betting odds obviously he's way down i think he, he's outside the top 10 which yeah. i i think for me i think is where he deservedly should be uh so i was interested to see that DraftKings price on him and then speed obviously the injury and the withdrawal last week just a lot of question marks there so curious to hear your thoughts on those two guys yeah i'm not i'm not touching speed under any circumstances i just think he's hurt um from from what i what i read today and again take us with a grain of salt because who knows but had a had a good range session but then played one hole and walked off was heavily taped today on the range i'm just not touching a wrist injury um you know at four at at anywhere near contending um morikawa i was going to touch on as well i'm very curious like i don't i don't trust the form at all i think you're correct in saying like where he is in the odds i sort of actually think he deserves to be i don't know why he's that elite in DraftKings, but with that said when you're picturing sort of the ideal morikawa performance like it's hitting fairways it's ball striking he's one of the best bunker players on the planet um and it, it all comes down to the putting as always but Unfortunately, like none of that st- other stuff has really been there this year either, even though the putting has been like equally as, as hindrance. So, yeah, I don't know. Like his his ceiling is like a win. And, and if he won, like I wouldn't I wouldn't be appalled. Like it wouldn't have come out of nowhere. Like he is amazing. Um, But I don't I wouldn't trust the form. And I, and I don't like, you know, I, I don't I don't know if 30 to one is is good enough for me to, to sort of bite on him just because of the form. It's above Cam yeah. Smith. Like that's just that's again. Right. I, I don't think that's you're right. I don't think that's deservedly so. But um yeah, speed and I don't think Speeth would have withdrawn last week in a at a tournament in Texas if he was not truly if there was really if there was not really an issue going on. So I I agree with you there. Um but yeah, just just curious about those two guys. I mean Mark how like he he is so hard to figure out. I feel like a guy that I consistently get wrong. Um I just don't because he can show up out of nowhere and he has, we've seen it like this. We've seen it this year and we've seen it throughout his career. Obviously uh, he's had the success at majors, obviously, but um, I don't know. I just not a guy that I, that I trust week in and week out. So sort of with you there as well. Got any fades? Ooh, yeah. Okay. Let's see. So uh, going way up towards the top. <sighs> I don't know. So I okay. I'm I'm very much high on John Rahm. I know you said you you don't think he sets up well for this course. I I, I think he has a good chance to win uh, this it. week. So we'll see. Let's when when I when I say anything negative about John Rahm, I need a <laughs> constant umbrella statement that maybe just I maybe just don't think he's going to win. <laughs> so that's all. That's you think only, he might just finish second? Maybe that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like I just I don't I don't think he sets up the best. When I say like the course sets up poorly for him, it does not. I am not insinuating by any chance, any stretch that he's going to like struggle to make the cut and like be out of control. So I just want that out. Yeah. No, that's not what you were insinuating. But I do need to set the record. You know, just just cover my <laughs> cover my butt there and just give yeah. that. Like that's yeah. <laughs> 
Um, I don't think I have any fades this week. I don't know. Like I, I, I sort of like, like all the guys sort of up at the top. I can't really pinpoint one that I think like, at least in the top 10 of guys that I would say, um, um, feel like they might not do well. I mean, J- JT for me is always going to have the question marks until he like proves otherwise. I just think I'm so disappointed in his season this year. I think that, and, and I think he's come out and said he's disappointed in his own season as well, but um, I don't know. Just not, just doesn't really have it this year. Um, yeah. And then Spieth, obviously we just touched on, but everyone else I, I think has a pretty good shot to play well here. Uh, how about you? I got, just got one and it's just because of the odds. Tony Finau to miss the cut is three to one. And I sort of like that price. And despite a lot of this course setting up well for him, the short game really doesn't. Uh, for one, and I just I'm starting to see a little bit of a trend with Tony where on uh, easier courses, he tears everybody up, but he sort of struggles at tougher, tougher places, which is why he's not not able to have been, ca- you know, have have captured a major yet. Um, just won the Mexico Open, which, again, is is a way easier track. So I'm going based on that. And at three to one, I sort of like that as, as a fade, but I was like you, like I'm having a tough time seeing just again, just looking at the top of the board. Like I can pick out some holes that would say that sort of, for me, like, like bring them out of contention and bring them out of like my betting board. But I can't really say like, you're going to suck this week. Like there's just yeah. a lot of freaking talent out there. Right yeah. Now. And that's what it is. Like uh, we mentioned earlier, but a, a true test There's really probably realistically only, I don't know what you want to say the number is, but like 15 to 20 guys that can have a realistic chance of winning this golf tournament. And so, yeah. So when, when I want to fade somebody, it's going to be somebody in the top 15 or top 10. So it's just hard to say which guy it's going to be. I'm sure that there's going to be somebody from, from that group that doesn't make the cut, but just tough to pick out ahead of time. Let me try this exercise with you. And I'm dropping this on you out of nowhere. I'm just going to go down the board. Tell me when I get to a place where you don't think that person can win. And I'll just sort of hop around a little bit. Okay. Jason Day. He can win. Matt Fitzpatrick. He can win. I'm going to go down a little bit. Victor Hovland. I don't think he can win. I I think that most people would say he could, but uh, I'm just... I, I don't have the confidence in him that, that most people have, I think. Let me go a little bit lower because I actually don't really agree with his pricing, but what subject? Yeah. Now we're getting a sort of around the, the blurry. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Cam Smith. Cam Smith can win 100%. Yeah. Uh, Sanjay, the ga- for me, the game is there. It's just the lack of of winning pedigree that, that concerns me. But I, but I think he has the ability to win, yes. All right, I'll give you one more. Max Homa. Uh, he My can favorite. win, yes. <laughs> all right let me go um matsuyama yeah he can win see now this is making me like i just said 12 how many 12 to yeah 15, I'm, I'm at, so i'm at 55 to 1 right now yeah right and so I, by the gotta... way i'm in the same boat like i'm i'm still going down the board and i'm looking at guys that a, a bunch of them i would not be surprised at all if yeah one like adam scott is some guy like he's you know not not way past his his prime, but has been playing awesome. Like if he he's been hot, like if he won, right. that would not surprise me. Right, 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 right. Joaquin Neiman, Taylor Gooch, obviously Fleetwood. I mentioned like 
Patrick Reed. I, so I would be surprised though. Like, okay, I'm, I'm saying there's a zero percent chance they can win, but I would be surprised if like Taylor Gooch won, or if Neiman won, or if like it, it would it would surprise me. All right, all right. I'm not saying it can't. Ha- there's no yeah. chance it can happen, but it maybe would surprise. That was me. the maybe that was the question I wanted to ask. When is it unrealistic to say a guy can't win? Like, and now I'm sort of getting. I'm looking at the board. And I'm getting into a place where I don't think it's possible anymore. Like, once yeah. Bryson, I'm sort of out on the rest of those guys. <laughs> um, but I've heard it, some people. So yeah, of course, Bryson. Like, his game is at an incredibly, incredibly poor level. Hey, I've heard some people. I've heard some people say, like, if there's going to be a spot where you're going to take him, like, this this would be a hit. Like, everybody <laughs> I else, will not be jumping on that train. but <laughs> Yeah, and, like, we're looking at, like, Taylor Moore, like, Mito Pereira, like, those guys, I you know, despite Mito's performance last year, like, now we're sort of out of the unrealistic. But that, for me, for the line for me, let's just say it ends at Gary Woodland. Like, that's yeah. 100 to 1, and everybody right. else sort of above, with a few exceptions, like, I think is a realistic – you know, below like 5% or above chance, which is uh, just incredibly deep, incredibly deep. Yeah. I'm just counting them up real quick. Yeah. This is good. Good audio right here. Good <laughs> that's second. like 30. That's like roughly 35 yeah. guys. Yeah. In uh, Gary Woodland and, and, and um, now I could go and like pick and choose, but in, like in those 35 guys would be like, okay, if you're going to ask me to like, gun to my head pick who's gonna win yeah like nope. I, I can cut like i could cut taylor huge and i could cut me yeah like that's I, that's so crazy yeah yeah but i don't i don't know <sighs> again i hope i hope that and i think i think the the difficulty of the course and how, how difficult it's going to play and the combination of I, I love having the live guys back honestly it just adds another layer it makes it tougher to pick like who you're going to be on, but it, it just adds another layer of like uncertainty and, and another storyline. So, so I love that. But um, I, I hope that with the difficult conditions of the course and everybody's sort of playing a little bit tighter, um, I'm just hoping for, for a great finish on Sunday and that, and that we get like either some kind of playoff scenario or just some, uh, you know, not somebody running away, which I, which I think we will. So hoping to see that. Yep. Yep. I'm right with you. And if the tournament doesn't provide the drama, I'm about to try to provide it right now by placing, I, I've done it once before, but I'm, I have a mortgage play this week. I think I'm going to bring one for every single major and I've got two this one. I know the first one was Bryson at the masters to miss the cut. I got lucky and got into that, but I still hit it. And when I say bet your mortgage, I say bet your mortgage responsibly and only bet the mortgage that you can afford. But like, you know, if you want to double up and, you know, skip a month, I got two. So you can skip two months and I'm not going to, I'm not going to go out of nowhere. I've, I've hit on these guys many times, but Tommy Fleetwood and Ricky Fowler in the top 20 is 220 for Fleetwood and 210 for Fowler. And for me, I love that. And I'm going to quadruple up my money this week. You're going like, to parlay it. I, I don't know if I can parlay it. I'm betting both separate. I'm putting, like I said, my my biggest endorsement, the bet the house, bet the mortgage endorsement on this. And those those are my two. I love them. I just, it's, it's just, it's flying under the radar. Two to one for the top 20 is outlandish, I think. Yeah, I don't know if you have any any. Do you want to jump on this bandwagon and put like you know the reputation on the line here? 
Um, because I just no, I like... I'm do it again. I'm have I'm gonna have one for every single major, and then when they pop up randomly, that'll be great. But during major season, I've gotta I've gotta up the ante. So so you said something uh, written about. You said Fleetwood and Fowler. Fleetwood and Fowler in the top, top twenty. 20. Top yeah, twenty. Okay. I hope they let you parlay it. I don't know. That would be that would be nice if they did. Let's go ahead and uh let's go ahead and just check that right yeah, now check, while you're yeah, uh test it out. while you're uh test you know. it out. I if it does, I'll I'll join you in a little parlay action. Uh because I think if we parlay both of those, we can get some nice juicy odds. Oh, you can get a parlay. Oh no, you can't. Let's, Shoot. Your picks cannot be car picks cannot be parlayed. Shoot. So it's gotta be separated. Okay. It's all right. Like I said, all right, I still I still like the plays. I, I like the play. Um I would say for me, ooh, that's a tough call. If I had to say which one I was more confident in, I think it would be Ricky Fowler, honestly. I don't um just haven't seen Fleetwood enough, I don't think, in like recent tournaments to to be as confident in his game. But um but yeah, no, I, I like those plays for sure. So I hope you I hope you hit both, putting the mortgage on the line and uh Maybe we can we can own three homes after this one. That would be sweet. That would be sweet. Either that or there are two podcasts out some studio space because I'll be renting out renting out the basement to somebody <laughs> after this. Uh, all right, dude. I love it. I love it. That was uh that was real fun. That actually flew by. Um I'm I'm so compelled by this weekend. I really am. Like the the masters set it up. It's got the juices going. I love having every single person back. The groupings are awesome. Like they're mixed live and PGA and big names from live and big names from PGA. Like it's just, it's awesome. It's a great, it's with a major, it's great coverage. So many, so many good golfers, so much talent. So excited, dude. So excited. For sure. Yeah. Make sure you watch as much as you can this weekend. Um, it should, it, like we mentioned on, on about the course, it should be an incredible test. These guys are going to struggle. Um, and if there, there's nothing better than seeing the best golfers in the world sort of struggle to make par. So, um, so enjoy, uh, again, like I mentioned before, hope we get a strong finish and, um, yeah. All right, dude. Love it, man. Hopefully we can, uh, we can come back with a W on our Sunday ma major and we can, uh, you know, we can come back here with the mortgage paid. Please. Right. Yeah, we need it. All right. See ya. All right. Peace.